Thanks for tuning into Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. Today, I bring you part two of our interview with Pastor Jeffrey Mars. Pastor Mars is an international evangelist who has ministered in Jamaica, Grenada, Cayman Islands, Trinidad, and Tobago, as well as Canada. Welcome once more, Pastor Mars. Greetings and salutation in Jesus' name. It has been a joy interacting with you as you have been outlining so much the bounties of the riches of God's blessings over your life. If you could give God thanks, it's about giving thanks at this segment for one person, at least one person that you would have encountered along your journey, not just your spiritual journey, but your life journey. Who would that person or who would those persons be? And maybe you could even add why. I would give, first of all, I would give God thanks for my mom who I have lately found when I was 15 years of age, I saw her for the first time because we were taken away from her because of a dysfunctional relationship between her and my dad. And we were two years of age. So I did not remember my mom much at two years of age, but we lived with our dad for three years and he died when, we were, when I was five years of age and my brother was four. And when I get saved, I used to pray for my mom, but I have an encounter with her when I was 15 and the second encounter when I was 30 years of age. And I used to pray for her because I know what it is to be a mom. From a male perspective, I know what it is because I learn from the scriptures and I learn from other programs and books that I read. And, and I learn from growing up among women and how they nurture their kids, take care of their kids, the love that they display and the good mannerism and the conduct, etc. And sometimes even very partiality that they will display because sometimes they know that their kids wrong other people's kids, but they're partial towards their kids, etc. So that's why I would give thanks to her. And I would give thanks to also my um, pastor, Royal Robinson, who used to be at the Commodore New Testament Church of God. He really was a good pastor that, you know, bring me up in the admonition of the Lord and I've done great in my life. I would also give thanks also to Bishop Reader here, who's the head of the IUBA Church of God in Canada. His name is Bishop Reader. I would give thanks to him and his wife, who have caused me and my wife and my daughter to come to Canada. Then my wife conceived. And we have another daughter in Canada. She's seven years of age now. And I have other bishop and pastors that I come in alignment with or have an encounter with since I come to Canada. We have so much bishop here, so much pastors, you know what I mean? So I would give God thanks for them. And I would give God thanks for my family, you know what I mean? Even my son back in the US and give God thanks to my wife. You know what I mean? I made a blessing and the peace of God being us. You know, and I will, I will stop there, sir, in Jesus' name. Giving God thanks for so many persons and you are very smart, you know, that if you should continue to call, then someone would hear and say, why did the person my, Mars give? <laughs> That's true. A question that maybe you weren't expecting, but what do you think would surprise most persons about you? Uh, <laughs> I can tell you that one right off the bat, that boldness towards the things of God and that zeal, because everywhere I go, people always ask that question, Pastor Mars, why are you like that? You know what I mean? So long as it's about God, you're willing to go. You don't fear no foe. You know what I mean? You're so aggressive even when you're praying or you're preaching or you're teaching. You're so stern. Did you know, um, Mr. Walters, some people even look at me, you know, 
and have the audacity to tell me, suppose I'm the way you talk about God and pray to God, it's like you're seeing God literally. They say it's like you're literally seeing God because oh, you pray and talk to God, that confidence that you have, that confident confidence that you exhibit, you know what I mean? It's like you're literally seeing God. And I say to them, so wow, this is amazing. I, and some of them, I don't really express it, but I only smile. But you asking this question right now, trust me, it, it does let me look further. Because trust me, even Jamaica, sometimes when I'm going to some other parishes or communities, I only go alone. And I preach there for one week straight. And sometimes the people ask me, why are you so brave? Why are you so bold? You know what I mean? This, this is a garrison era where gunman is and crime and violence marred and, you know, the very community. Yet still you walk in the community. You go to the little shop if you have to. You go down there and pray for a man. You go up there and minister to a woman. And when you preach in the nights at the altar, you literally pray for everybody individually. And only you alone came. What about your armor bearer? Jesus sent out the disciples two, two, or three, three. How comes you alone come in this vicinity and you are so bold and brave? Because I have the word of God in me and I know what it says. And I believe the word. I believe the word. No weapon that form against the righteous shall prosper. And every tongue that raise up against you in the day of judgment shall be condemned. The wicked flee it when no man persuades. Proverbs chapter 28. When no man persuades. But the righteous is as bold as a lion. Paul said, be confident in this very thing. Come on, man. That he who began a good work in you is able to perform it until that day. Paul said, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are the recipient of the kingdom of God. Paul said to Timothy, no man that warred Timothy entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who called him to be a soldier. Paul said to Timothy for in further on, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Paul said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty we are with Christ has made us free. And be not again entangled with the yokes of bondage. Be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of God. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain, sir. Bless you, sir, Walters. People are surprised by how is yes, sir. Always. <laughs> holy boldness. And, you know, you, you hit on something that sometimes you would have gone into garrison communities. And in case some of the listeners don't fully understand, in some cultures, they may refer to it as ghetto. In some areas, they may refer to it as gang turf. So Pastor Marge is saying that while ministering, he has gone into areas that, you know, David would say it's like the valley or the shadow of death, dangerous places, yes. turf war, gang affairs. But because of having that spirit of fearlessness, you know, that Timothy admonishes us that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, so that is what has been surprising. Let me transition to, you know, your life, your work, etc. You have a lot on your plate. You are a minister of God's word. You have been studying. You have your family. What is the key for you in terms of maintaining balance in your life? The key for me in maintaining um, balance in life, I use two verbs and I try to apply them. Moderate and considerate. Moderate and considerate. Knowing that I have a wife two daughters. One is 13 years of age. The other one is, uh, is seven. My wife worked with um, DHL company here in Canada, which, um, you know, deal with packages all over the world. She's one of those people you call Dean and get information about your packages. 
I know that you have a job to do. So I try my best to help out even this time of the pandemic with my kids because she have to work. So I stay home and ensure that they stay in their online classes. And then I have to provide their lunch, provide that level of security, make sure that all is well in the house and make sure that they do what they need to do and stay in their class. Because, you know, sometimes children become a little problematic and play and get out of all they have to do that. Plus, also, I try my best to make sure that money is, is enough here for us to take care of ourselves and to pay our taxes and to pay our bills and to do what I need to do in Canada here. So I try my best to be moderate, as I said before, and considerate. Sometimes I have to go. I'm not lying. I have to go. But I talk to her. Only I have to go because there's a call for me to go in a certain, if you want to say a certain province or a certain territory, because this province here in Canada, they are so big. Ontario is one of the biggest provinces. I think it's about the third biggest province or second. This one is really huge. And you have so much cities inside. Sometimes I have to end up in Brampton. Sometimes I'm in Scarborough. Sometimes I'm in Woodbridge. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm in Oshawa. Sometimes I find myself in um, Cambridge, um, Guelph, Waterloo, Milton, Hamilton, etc. You have to go and do the work of God. But I, I don't leave them insecure. I don't leave them without even letting them know that I am here or there, that they can have confidence, you know, of where I'm going, where I'm at. So, yeah, it's a challenge on that line. It's a challenge at times because sometimes you really want to go. There are things for you to really do and to reach people. You really want to see souls saved because I have that zeal also. I'm very zealous when it comes to souls. You know what I mean? I want to see young people saved. I want to see, you know, literally everybody get saved. Paul said like this, because I know the wrath of God, I persuaded men that they would get saved. That is what Paul said. And we know that Jesus said, for I rather not the death of a sinner, but that all to come and to repentance. So sometimes I have that drilling and that drive to go, but I still have to be moderate and considerate, you know, by the grace of God and the leading of the spirit of God to do right. And sometimes it is not always easy. I'm not lying. You know what I mean? So sometimes you, you, you may book it to our trip, you know what I mean? Because you did not get a chance to do what you need to do properly because of circumstances. But you still try to maintain a good life, a moderate and a considerate life. And, you know, look to the Lord Jesus Christ and open prayer that, you know, all will be well because he's our navigator. Or if you want to use the term, the GPS in Canada here and over the world now, you have a thing called the GPS. You know what I mean? So to God be the glory, sir. And that is it for now. Very succinct. Two simple words. Being moderate being considerate. Lovely way of putting it in, in that context. In carrying on with your work as a minister, if you could start any ministry at this time, what would that ministry be? And also who would it serve? If I could start a ministry right now on my own and I have the resources, because I'm not lying, since the pandemic comes in from 2020 to 2021, Things is gone expensive, very, very expensive. And we notice that even the very church is under every scrutiny from the government. We're off social distancing and they minimize the church only to 10 people. Now they've opened up Canada somewhat, but they have given out 15% of your congregation. So if you have a church that have a thousand people or 2,000 people, only have 10 people in the church, you know, you're going to pay your bills and take care of your financial expense, et cetera. But irrespective of all of what is going on, all the negatives I could share with you, I just want to get to the point on that which I've asked of me. I would start out a ministry with young people. In the 10 province and the three territory, I would have a building erected there big enough for young people to come and for we to reach them and talk to them about the things of God. Because many of our young people have been very discouraged when those people start to tell lie on the election with Donald Trump. A lot of young people turn off from church people and church leaders and does not want nothing to do with them. 
a lot of young people turn off and other things that people are doing in churches that is not godly cause a lot of young people to detour from church and walk away from church and does not even want to go go back to church even some of them who literally born in church rear up or grow up in the church i've now you know seen some of them start to go college and university and get even other teachings in college and university from a psychology and sociology perspective all these things detour some young people even because some of these subjects that they taught them make them see themselves like a deity no is the truth but them see themselves as somebody who don't need any, anybody. I remember I was talking to a Caucasian guy here in Canada and he told me, he said, Jeffrey, because of my education status, you know what I mean, and what I have achieved, I don't need anybody, Jeffrey. I'm like my own God to myself. No, come on. He told me straight up. He said, I'm like my own God because I know science inside out and I am scientific mind. And that is one of the things with our young people. They are so scientific minded that they don't want nothing to do with God. You understand? Yet still science has something to do with spirituality. Because when you talk about the equator and the imaginary line that cross the equator, or would you describe the word imaginary? Is that something physical or something you can see? And, and these scientists in this classroom, they know the truth. And they are teaching the kids other things that they have comes up underneath and groom, been groomed underneath. And because of that, no, we need to take back our kids. I know a bishop here in Canada. Well, about two years ago, his daughter were in university. And when his daughter come home and start to tell him what they are teaching the girl, he have to take her and start to reverse some of these things that they're telling them in college and university and get his daughter back on the right track to let her understand that there's one God. Because when you're going to tell people that they evolved from monkey, evolved from monkey, what is that? In Genesis chapter one, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I was created by God in my mother's womb. He told us that in Jeremiah chapter one, I have fashioned you, make you and mold you in your mother's womb. So we are created being living in this earth. None of us create the elements or the earth. None of us create the stratosphere, the atmosphere, Mars, Pluto, Jupiter. Come on, even though man may have the access to go to space. Come on, what they go up there and see, they did not create it. None of what they go up there and see. All that which is up there is what they brought up there. And call it NASA and whatever they create up there. And, you know, get the internet down here, whatever. That is what they put up there. But what they went up there and see, did they create all of that? No. God is a chief orchestrator and creative genius of this global world. So I would start out with young people. They might need to refresh. They might need to refurbish. You know what I mean? Many of them, they're into porn or graphic movies. You know what I mean? They're hooked on drugs, many of our young people. Many of our young people, they have some suicide minds. You know what I mean? All type of problems and situations. I will urge ministers who are listening to me that we need to get the young nursery, which is the young people. Bring them up in the admonition, in the admonition of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be longer and they hurt. So we have to understand that young people is a necessity to gather them, to get them. And the church need to go after the young people in this dispensation and time and season that we are living. Because they're going to be the man and woman of tomorrow. They're going to be the husbands and wife of tomorrow. What type of children they're going to cultivate? What type of lifestyle they're going to cultivate? that others can see and learn and grow and want to emulate and be like them. Many of our young people now, they're going for the derogative music, a genre of music, R&B, rap, reggae music. You know what I mean? All this type of music, which is not of Jesus Christ or of God or to lead them in a righteous path. You know, many of our rappers, even disrespecting us as black people, calling you my nigger in these raps, my nigger. What are you talking about? Once if you call a black man a nigger, somebody, another nation, a black man will fight for that. No, it's blacks taking it up and describing their one another as my nigger. Come on, man. We know we're a nigger people. He doesn't have to tell me that again. Come on. 
So we need our young people mind to refurbish. We need to rehabilitate them. We need to bring the truth of the gospel to them, not to conform them. The church will set out to that, not to demoralize them, not to talk down to them or to disrespect them, not to brainwash them with some so-called religion. Jesus Christ is the truth and the way of life. This gospel of the power of God inside of it, this gospel of healing. We have seen people heal from cancer, fibroid, diabetes, those who are impotent. Jesus Christ healed them in whatever years of life. They're impotent. We have seen the spoken word transform people's lives. But Paul said the engrafted word is able to save our sin sick soul. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. We have seen in St. John chapter 15 verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Paul says study to show thyself approved unto God. A road man need not be ashamed of rightly dividing the word of truth. So we need the word of God to go to our young people, not gossip and concepts of this world and traditions and custom, but the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that our young people can speak the things which are sound doctrine and live according to the premises and the word of Almighty God, which is the engrafted word through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I will reach the young people first. I will start with them. Because they need our help in this time and season, my brother. Bless you. It's all about, as you put it, building centers of influence. That is the word I would use. to describe. Yes, centers of influence. Right. You have just earmarked. And I believe you did mention Canada. I'm not so averse, but I did think you mentioned 10 provinces and three territories. Am I correct? Yes, yes sir. At least 13 centers of influence throughout the length and breadth of Canada, claiming the, the youth allowing them to recognize that the philosophy, that's not what they will save, but it's the unadulterated word of God. God, yes. In a conversation with someone who has never heard about God, what would you tell this person about God from your own experience? Put it simply, who is God for Pastor Mars? Um, this is a, a very strong question because theologically, we have many ministers who have been trained theologically. And when, you, when I say trained, I mean trained properly. Uh, we have so many subjects to deal with in Bible college. You have hermeneutics, you have homiletics, you have soteriology, you have Christology, you have pneumatology, you have bibliology. So those some of the subjects. I'm just giving you there. The reason why is because they told us that the main emphasis is that when we go out to minister to people, we must give them valid reason to say yes to Jesus Christ. So coming now with this scenario where if you bring up someone who have never heard of Christ, who have never had an encounter, or to approach them. The approach is key here. We've got to approach them properly. First of all, I would say, um, good afternoon, or good morning, or good evening, ma'am, or sir. My name is Jeffrey Myers. I'm a pastor of the Church of Jesus Christ. Or if you want to say of the Sabbath Day Church. Or if you want to say of the Sabbath Day Keeping Church, because I get to find out that you have more than one. You have the Seventh-day Adventist, you have the Seventh-day Church of God, and you have the Seventh-day seven Apostolic. So you have them different. Or I could say I'm from the New Testament Church of God, or from the Apostolic, or from the Manuel Apostolic, or Shiloh Apostolic, whatsoever. I just want to introduce Jesus to you, sir, or ma'am. Maybe ma'am, a question. Um, why do you want to do that? I said, all right, first of all, sorry, um, what is your name, sir? What is your name, ma'am? Miss, right, my name is Peter. My name is Sherman. The reason why I want to do that is because I have proven God over the years in my life individually. Since I opened my mouth and said yes to Jesus Christ. I have proven him not only by the written word and the spoken word by preachers who I sit down and listen, 
but also proving him by his spirit that now indwells my life. The infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the one that gives me clarity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe, sir, that if you just open your heart today and believe with me, the Lord Jesus Christ, according to what I'm saying to you, you will understand and you will get the same encounter. Is that right? Talk to me, sir. Um, what, what, what do I need to do first? First of all, the word of God is key. And the word of God is the one that brings transformation inside of you. Paul said the engrafted word is able to save our sin-sick soul. Why? For the Bible says in St. John chapter 3 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I'm saying, hold on a little bit, Pastor, hold on a little bit. You say, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You say, for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What is sin? What is sin? What sin have I committed? You say, sir, we all were born in sin. The scripture told us that, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In sin, my mother conceived me. In sin was I born and shaping in iniquity. Because when Adam and his wife, first in the book of Genesis chapter 3, eat of the fruit of the tree, the Adamic nature of sin get into the human race. And even although God did kill a lamb, God envied the earth's peace and kill a lamb. It wasn't a prophet. It wasn't a priest or a high priest, if you read carefully, Minister Walters. But God himself kill a lamb, which represent Christ and make them coat of skin with the skin of the lamb. And the blood that was shed was the remission or the removal of the sin. And in can say, wow, I did not know that. I say, yeah, let me show you in the book of Genesis chapter 2. God formed man. And when they eat of the fruit and what transpired after they eat of the fruit, God drive them out of the garden. They lost total dominion and power in the earth realm. And God drive them out. And because of that now, when they went out and began to have kids, Cain and Abel, they were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. So the Adamic nature of sin come down into the race from that time until Jesus Christ. No matter the powerful prophets that you read about, apostles, etc. None of them could bring remission of sins. Only Jesus Christ could do that. So because of that, sir, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So he is the propitiation, the ultimate sacrifice of our sins. Because once a man seems to be given, you have to carry the turtle dove, pigeon, or uh, lamb to the priest to go into the holies of holies and the bloodshed. And that is all your sin forgiven. And that only happened twice in the year, six months, and then six months after. But now Jesus Christ become the ultimate sacrifice where you don't have to slay the lamb anymore. You don't have to put no more blood on the door. Someone has taken the place of the lamb. Jesus Christ is the great I am. So it's the ultimate sacrifice. So you have bled and died for our sins upon a cruel cross. Take 39 lashes, which is the stripes in his back for our sins. And he become our savior. Not Buddha, Hare Krishna, or Mohammed, or Selassie, or Bab Mali. Jesus Christ is the only savior. And if you believe in him, all will be well. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You may possibly look at me and say, well, pastor, I have never known all these things. And you sound like a man who really know the Bible. You sound like a man who know the Bible inside out. And I love the accuracy of scriptures and quotation of scriptures. Sir, I'm not telling you that I'm going to reject Jesus now. I'm not going to take Jesus now. But trust me, I would like to sit down and talk with you further. You know what I mean? Because trust me, this, this is fascinating. I've never heard this before. Plus, I'm feeling a difference in my body. Uh, you talk about the spirit. I don't know if it's the spirit is upon me. 
but I'm feeling a difference. You know what I mean? Since you start to talk to me. So it possibly is a spirit. I don't know because I've never had an encounter before. You know what I mean? I'm speaking to you like this, Minister Walters, and the audience because I have this encounter. I literally have this encounter. And the person said, trust me, for somebody who have never had an encounter with Christ, I'm not lying. I'm feeling a difference in my body. Pastor, but this what you're saying to me is real and right. And I need to serve Jesus Christ. So I will stop there for now, sir. All right. You have outlined it. You know, what I find is that you didn't use a lot of words, meaning you covered a lot of ground, but you did not take forever. So the person could have stood and it would have been easy for him or her to truly follow along. My guest today has been Pastor Jeffrey Myers. He's an international evangelist who has ministered in Jamaica, Grenada, Cayman Islands, as well as Canada. As you'd have listened, he is a no-nonsense servant of God whose desire is to spread the word of God wherever he goes with the aim of making a difference in the lives of those he ministers unto. Pastor Jeffrey Myers, as is the custom, before you go, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Yes. I would say to my listeners, first of all, Jesus loves us all. I'm not lying. Jesus really loves us all. It can be proved biblically. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, St. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. St. John 3, verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In the synoptic gospel, Jesus said, Greater love at no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. In Romans, Paul said, God has commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Church, backsliders, and save whatever ethnic background tradition, whether you're from Japan, Korea, North Korea, South Korea, China, Jesus Christ love you. Jesus come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what state of life you're, you're going through right now. doesn't matter what mindset. doesn't matter what traditions or customs. Jesus Christ is the center of our life. Whether we want to acknowledge him, whether we want to believe in him, or trust him or not, he's there and he will always be there. Just in case we find it in ourselves to call unto the Lord Jesus Christ. For they that call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are revelated, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am lowly and meek in heart. And he shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. For Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. The thief came it not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Listening audience, just trust the Lord. Just develop faith because you have faith in you more than you are aware of. I'm challenging you right now with the faith that you have. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The just shall live by faith. We shall walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sometimes we buy a soda to drink it. Come on now. We don't be a skeptic. We just pull it and drink. Am I right, my listening audience? Oh, yes. You pull your Coca-Cola or your Sprite and you drink. Am I right? Or your cream soda. Whatever bottle drink you buy, you just pull and drink. 
that is fear that it will not hurt or harm you. Am I right? So let us use the fear that we have in Christ Jesus. Without fear, it is impossible to please God. And I urge the listening audience, please give ear to the Lord Jesus Christ and give ear to these words because these words will bring transformation if we only believe and trust in Christ Jesus that is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. Blessings, peace, and joy. Thank you, sir. You have been in tuned to The Upward Way. Do join us again next week as we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. You can subscribe to weekly episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Listen Notes, or hop on over to the Play Store and download the AWR app. Until then, I'm Marlon Walter saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.